What is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Fixes Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, joined by my co-hosts, Micah. Hey. And Carrie. What up? So look, I we have to start with Micah here. Because as we were just discussing <laughs> before we came on the line, Micah will try anything as long as it's free. And if the, and if and if what Micah is playing this week is not proof of that statement, <laughs> then frankly, I don't know what could be. Micah, what have you been playing? This week. I uh I've been playing <laughs> I've been playing MLB the show. <laughs> um I'm shocked you know what MLB stands for. Uh uh minor league ball throwing, <laughs> something like that. Um I do I'm glad both of you are here. Uh because I do have I do have teach, a very serious baseball. baseball question. Teach me baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I I do have a very serious baseball question. Why is the game so boring? It's not. It is, Joe. It's very boring. Even in the virtual world, it's so boring. I'm even like speeding up the, like they have like the broadcast version and then like the super quick, let's like hurry up, throw the, throw the ball, catch it or hit it. All right, throw it, get it back to the pitcher. Hurry up. Like, like, like we're playing on the speed clock. It's so boring, yo. Let me, let me. I- I'm not even going to dignify this question with a legitimate response. Let me me first say that if you're playing virtual (laughs) baseball and you're using the broadcast settings and you're literally. I'm not using the broadcast. I'm I'm just saying anyone that does use the broadcast settings where like literally with every pitch, the ball gets thrown back to the pitcher. And then they do like the little cut scene where the pitcher meanders around the pitcher's mound for a couple seconds. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, that's that's (laughs) that's insane. (laughs) Um, Micah, the baseball is a game. Of anticipation. Literally anything could happen with every single pitch. You don't know. Now often no, but, now often it doesn't. <laughs> but, but, but it's but it's the possibility that it could. Is, is I mean, why baseball is great. I mean uh, and, and uh, it also I'll, it also has the best like tense situations because when like like in, in hockey, for example. Like when the other team is on like a power play, right? Like even if they spend the whole power play in, in, in the offensive zone, that's still like two minutes. And it's not like they're shooting the puck incessantly for two minutes. Like they're still they still have to work the puck around and you might get like three or four shots on a two minute power play if if you're lucky. Yeah. I mean, but I get that, yeah. right? In, like in base, because it's all in, about positioning and trying to trying to find like the right opening right, and trying but, to outmaneuver your in, team. But in like, baseball, if you're if your team is winning by a run. And the other team has like two runners in scoring position, and there's like and there's one out. Every pitch is is like an, is nerve wracking. Is a clencher. Yeah, yeah. Like you're like 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 Carrie said when you're watching playoff baseball, for example, and your team is like is is like in a tough spot, you're clenching your asshole the entire time. Like I have never been more stressed out in my life than I was during the Nationals World Series run. That was that was fucking four straight weeks of hell. And it ended with a World Series victory and a ring on my hand somehow. I mean, I, I, but, mean, I, get, I get that. Like, that's your team, right? Like, uh, uh, and you like, here's the thing I can un- like if you don't if you do not already have a rooting interest in a team, then you're not going to find the sport worthwhile. Yeah, As no an shit. adult who did not grow up with it, <laughs> so I um, so I I I you know 
no matter what, uh, no matter no matter my feelings of the sport, I'm a homer, right? Mm-hmm. So Are you playing I, as the Orioles? I'm playing as the Orioles. Well, there's your fucking problem, man. They're <laughs> god are, are awful. They, what is what is their overall team rating in, in MLB? Oh god. Uh, I can't remember. I deleted it off my machine. Okay, uh, I'm gonna look this be, up. It's got my my prediction would be so like since they do have the minor dead last. Teams, well, no, I, that, that like do they not ranking have like an wise. overall numerical ranking? Because I want to guess. Uh huh. So in MLB the show they do have all of the minor league teams. So and they base they base all those teams on the same scale. So it's not like the Orioles are gonna be like a forty, but they're probably like a seventy four. Which, which for a pro team in in these type of games is pretty bad. Their best player is Anthony Santander. Oh, really? It's not even Trey Mancini. Oh man, they gave they gave him who's, the uh... who's a seventy seven. Yeah. Ooh. That's pretty bad. <laughs> I might have guessed too high with the seventy four. <laughs> yeah. Um. Look, I um. It it is uh. So I, I I played I I picked the Orioles right because mm-hmm. like whatever that's that's the team that I'm going to root for Mistake. if I ever watch baseball right and I figured all right I'll just play whatever random team so I I, I I'm playing against the La Dodgers. <laughs> And so you're playing the worst the team in baseball the against the team that most recently won the World Series, and you're wondering why you're having a bad time. Like, Micah, I need you to do like an iota of research into you don't even the research contemporary- like the, rate, the ratings are right there in the game. Did you get, did sir? You even get, did you even get a hit off of Clayton Kershaw? You probably had it on easy, I, right? So like, you. I do it have it on easy. I okay. do have it on easy. Um, and and there's like, I had to go through. Uh, there are, there are four aspects to the game that you control that that each have like four different play styles, right? Mm-hmm. The 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 simple like one button, you press button to throw ball, right? right? And then there's one that's like, oh well, you can. You can use the analog stick to tweak the ball. Yeah, you want to place your pitches. That's like 80% of how baseball is. I mean, you place it in the guy's hand, right? In this game, they they added the gesture pitching system. Yeah, that's um, what I'm talking about. Which apparently is not great. Mm. Like that EA, what EA used to do yeah. with, uh, you know, when when they were like, "Hey, there's a right stick. Let's use let's use this for yeah. all of our sports." Well, games. see, but you like, as a fighting game person, I I, I would have felt like this system is intuitive to you because, like, to throw a curveball, you have to do like a half circle on on the analog stick. <laughs> yeah, just, but you got to do it with the right. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at <laughs> I'm looking at how the fucking Orioles are ranked, and they are 28th. Out of thirty, so they're, so you're so they're not last, is what you're saying. They're well, no, they're twenty eighth, twenty eighth in contact, nineteenth in power, thirtieth in pitching, 29th in defense, and twenty fifth in speed. Hmm. I don't know how that calculates to like an overall rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pretty bad is how it calculates to. Uh, looks like seventy three. So you weren't that far oh, off. Wow, look at that, off by one. Wow. It's like I've been playing these games for the O's are fucking terrible. Can't wait to see them at, at the ballpark in like another week once once my antibodies finish building. So this game, uh, I mean, I I suppose that if you are a baseball fan, it's not uh, yeah, say, you, it's not it's not for you. It's not yeah, for you. this is not for me at all. I didn't finish. I maybe have pl- I played 
I played about four innings, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> and I was just, through again. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was I was two through, man. I was like, oh I my god, I can't do this. But uh, look, it's not for me. Look, the show has been around for a long time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I'm sure if you if you get it. I, you are a baseball fan. Like they get you amped up. They got all this, like all this, like upbeat, like hip hop music, hip hop and baseball. Like that doesn't make sense. Like, but it whatever. Does, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yeah, so it I, does. It, yeah, no, it does. does. Yes, I it does. I would be hearing like. Like I need to home. take you to like a game once. Uh, Have you been to a game in person? I've been to a few baseball games. I, you know, that's something that's something they do when you're in the Boy Scouts. They take you to a baseball game. <laughs> <laughs> I, the last time I went to a baseball game was with Jack right before uh, right before his dad passed away. Oh, that's God. the last time I went to. I, I would I say, Mike, I would say that 60, maybe 55 to 60 percent of MLB is, consists of folks that would dig hip hop music. For sure. Really? Yes. yes. Absolutely. A lot of wow. A lot of lot of black players, a lot of Latin players. Yes. Hundred percent. Wow. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. So uh, the players. I'm talking about the fans. I, well, but see, the players get to pick their walk up. <laughs> yeah, th- like like that. Like they get to. Th- that's what they get okay. to decide. So. All right. All now, right. now, now, believe me, there are definitely some <laughs> fucking you know rednecks out on the fucking baseball diving. One hundred. Yeah. Last time I went to a baseball game, they were singing, "Thank God I'm a country boy." Right. I mean, one yeah, one I mean, they do that. One of one of Andy's favorite players that used to play for the Giants. His name is Madison Bumgardner. Like, like that's that's, that's how country this dude is. We've killed Micah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a country ass country name. Yeah. So. Look, you oh, either get man. guys straight out of the Dominican <laughs> when they're 16 years old and uh, they get imbued with uh, American pop culture from from there on out, or you get fucking yeehaws from named Iowa. Madison yeah. Bumgartner. <laughs> <laughs> there's not a lot in between. No, is a that team. a is that a thing in baseball? Because like that's a thing. That's a joke in football that like. Like uh, football players, usually the black ones have just the most ridiculous set of you know syllables yes. thrown if together. Is, if if there is one sport that has a ridiculous set of of white player names, it is one hundred percent Major League Baseball. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, I got to do some investigating because yes. I need to find the MLB equivalent of a Debricka shawl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, think, I need to find I out think, who I that think is. Bumgartner. I think. I, I think, think it's Bumgartner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And like, uh, like, like they have Plutko guys who like, is up there. There's a good one. <laughs> yeah, like 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 they have a guy named like like Mike Mustakis is like is like a guy in Major League Baseball, and then, <laughs> and, then, and there's a dude whose first name is Buster. Like like the, there's like, the things that you, <laughs> yeah. that you get with 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 baseball players. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So, um, I'm finding a lot of joy uh, in passing the time to Mass Effect and playing games that have a lot of replayability, but can also be done in varying degrees of like session time. So I, you know, I talked about how I'm playing Diablo, um, a game that you can do a lot in 30 minutes and a game that you can do a lot in five hours. And I've done both those things over the past, over the past uh, couple weeks. Also got back into Warframe. Forgot how fun Warframe is. So Warframe is, is a free to play game. It's been around for a long time. They're actually gearing up their eighth anniversary celebration, uh, starting up this month. And uh, Micah, have you played Warframe 
at all? Did you, did um, you try it? Not enough to have an opinion on it. I, I, I know people who play it, and they were like, it's like the anti-Destiny. Like, it's the, it was the first anti-Destiny game. The, in, the, in some ways. The game that you would go to it, if you didn't want to play Destiny. It's interesting. Like, so it, it's actually more... It is like the Diablofication of Destiny. Like it's it's a game where you run a lot of samey type of missions, but they're like super short, and it usually consists of just killing things. And the the whole premise of the game is getting cool guns and making your frame look awesome and killing things as efficiently as possible and farming resources and getting cooler guns so that you can kill more efficiently and and this that, or the other thing. But it's really fun. Um and I didn't. I also didn't give it enough of a chance beforehand, but I've been meaning to come back to it. And I was like, "Yeah, why not now? Like, what? Like, what better time than the present?" I've actually played a fair, a fair bit now so far. The thing that's interesting about it is that there's no shooter that I can think of, or at least not a looter, that has the moment-to-moment gameplay like it does because it is it is a third-person shooter, but it also has a heavy like melee element to it. And there's just like, it's a fast moving game. Um, mm. And, and like watching outriders reminded me a lot of Warframe and it's been a good time because like the, again, speed is the name of the game in Warframe because you want to do things as efficiently as possible. So like, and that even corresponds to your movement. Cause it's not like you get, you know, buffs to your movement speed as a character, but they have this thing in the game called bullet jumping, which like propels you forward and you can kind of just chain bullet jumps together to move through a stage like super quickly. Um, or if you're in the open world areas to just, you know, get from one side of the map to the other, like pretty fast, just so you can murder as many things as possible. Um, it's an interesting game. I really like Warframe a lot. It's gorgeous. Um, they have a PS5 version out, which runs at 4k 60, uh, and that's just not fair for that game. The biggest problem with Warframe is that I feel like they don't want anyone to play Warframe because the game does such a terrible job of telling you what you should be doing. Like, like there's a series of tutorial missions at the beginning of the game. And once you go through the tutorial, there's not a whole lot of handholding after mm-hmm. that. And the story for the game because there is a story, there's like, you know, there's quest lines that have like cutscenes and things like that. Um, and apparently the story is really good. Like it has one of the best twists of of games in the past eight years. Just nobody knows about it because <laughs> it's, it's, it's very obtuse. But the story doesn't really get in, like doesn't really start happening until like hour 10. And after you've done a whole bunch of stuff and gone to a whole bunch of different planets and and done those things. So if they made the onboarding experience a little bit more user friendly... I feel like that the game would be a lot more popular, but then again, I think they're fine with their, their group that they have. Like it's making them a lot of money. There's people that stick by the game. They've added a lot of crazy shit to the game, including like space battles, which is interesting. And there's PVP multiplayer and, and all sorts of other stuff. But I, if you're looking for something to kind of get you by, if you're in a lull, give Warframe a shot. It's complete. Like when I say it's free to play, you can play everything the game has to offer for free. Um, the microtransactions are mostly cosmetic and uh, time savory as well. Like those are, that's kind of what you get with that. So, but yeah, okay, it's good. Mike, I would say you should check it out and see if you dig it through, at least through the tutorial. It, it does, wouldn't take you more than 90 minutes to run through the tutorial uh, arc basically. So, okay, yeah. cool. Carrie, uh, yes. you have finally joined the civilized 
the civilized race finally living in the future <laughs> yeah. yeah the present as, as it were yeah i um, got yeah i got a ps5 how's that been going besides besides uh, not having a place to put it apparently yeah i like i literally need to buy a new media console because it's currently sitting on one of the boxes it came with so that it's not sitting directly on the carpet <laughs> <laughs> I look at myself and I'm like, damn, bitch, you live like this? <laughs> yeah, I live like this. <laughs> so what what have you played on it so far? Uh literally just Astro's Playroom because it only came in like two days ago. So I um I like haven't had really any time to like super dig into it. Um, but like Astro's is super cute. What a fun little tech demo that is. Um so yeah, I mean Ultimately, for me, like, I got it for the sake of having something more up to date to play my existing PS4 games on more than <laughs> anything else. Because, like, I've been running a base PS4 the entire time. I never got a pro. Mm -hmm. um, so the upgrade for me feels enormous. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, as far as PS5 games are concerned, I'll probably I'll, I'm going to buy my husband Demon Souls. I'm not going to play Demon Souls. No. Not at all. But my husband really likes those games, so I'm going to buy that for him at some point if he doesn't buy it himself. Um, yeah, I I might, I might pick up like the new Ratchet and Clank. That looks really good. Um, but yeah, it was something where a couple months ago I finally was like, if if I can get my hands on a PlayStation Five disc version at retail, I will do that. Mm -hmm. So the opportunity arose and I seized it. So that's why I have a PS5 now. So if anyone has any recommendations for like PS5 stuff to play, that'd be great. Um, I am in no shortage of games to play right now on my PC and Switch, though. So I mostly just have it for the sake of having it right now. <laughs> so and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so you're still playing Monster Hunter Rise. Are they about to hit you for like 10 more dollars? No. $20 more dollars right now? No? Okay. No, because uh, and we'll get into it because their big digital event was today for like the first big title update. Mm -hmm. Um the the DLC stuff is all cosmetic, basically. Okay. So gotcha. Very good. Well, there is uh a lot of new games coming out this week. Uh, but before we get to new games, we have old games that are coming out for free. Uh, starting very soon in just a, about like four or five days on Xbox. Uh, they've announced their games with gold for May. Uh, if you have an Xbox, I'm sorry. Um, Armello, <laughs> which is a virtual board game, is free the entire month of May. I've played Armello. Um, it wasn't that impressive, I got to be honest. Uh, I, wow. I, I was not that very engaged with it. Um, so they're much, they're much better representations of digital tabletop games than Armello. Uh, but it's free, so you can try it out yourself. Uh, then for the from the 16th through the 15th, uh, June 15th, uh, you can get Dungeons 3, which is kind of like, you know, Minecraft, but for RPG dungeons in many ways. It's a, it's a real-time strategy game, actually. So uh, that would be, that's interesting. And then uh, the 1st through the 15th of May, you can get Lego Batman for 360 for free. A game that many 360 owners probably already own because they bundled it with the system for a really long time. Uh, and then the second half of the month, uh, you can get Tropico 4 for free. So if you've ever wanted to live out the fantasy of being a Banana Republic dictator, uh, you can play the third oldest or the the uh, third newest Tropico game. 
that's currently. We ever wow. did we ever figure out why they do this uh, staggered release system? No, because they I guess because they want you to log, make sure you log in twice a month. Like like that's the only oh. thing that I can think of. Okay. Um, it, to do it is. I guess they're like, oh, well, you have 15 days to play this game before the next game comes out. Like, who cares? Like, I probably only want one of these, if that, you know. Right. So. I mean, if they were, if if the games were of a certain quality, I would log in every day to play it. Yes. Uh, let's see here. We have uh, MLB The Show released uh, last week, as we mentioned, on all systems except for Switch. And PC. It's really just PlayStation Xbox. Uh, Telia Mysterious Trilogy Deluxe Pack came to PlayStation Switch and PC. Uh, Buildings Have Feelings 2 came to PlayStation Xbox Switch and PC. Uh, the Immortal Phoenix Rising uh, Lost Gods DLC uh, arrived last week as well for all consoles that Immortals Phoenix Rising is on. Scourgebringer comes to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita last week. Uh, Judgment got its upgrade for PlayStation 5 and Series X, as well as coming to Google Stadia last week. Uh, Near Replicant version 1.22474487139 came to PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Brad, Uh, I'm impressed. Yeah. Uh, Death End RE Quest came to Nintendo, or comes to Nintendo Switch this week. Now we're in this week's releases. Uh, Genshin Impact got a PS5 upgrade. Uh, Total War Rome Remastered comes to PC. Uh, Pokemon Snap Switch comes out April 30th. R-Type Final 2 uh, comes to Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC. Terminator Resistance Enhanced Edition comes to PS5. And then Returnal comes to PS5 on Friday, a game that is getting a tremendous amount of buzz with all the previews that came out last week. Yeah, all of the early reviews appear to be very favorable for Returnal. So, yeah. Have you seen any of the previews? I I, uh, I saw one headline that said uh, <laughs> Returnal finally feels like a PS5 game. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I haven't been paying attention to it, um, mainly because I, I don't want to get excited for it. Because, um, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll end up buying it. Yeah, but and, but, but um, this is but this is a, this is one of those again this uh, like a digestible game that you can put down and pick back up like it's that stuff. Is it? I don't know anything about this game. So it here, looks so like a survival how, horror game. So so this is the best summation based on everything that I've seen. The best summation that I've come up with or that I've seen, I should say, was from Blessing Adeoye on Kind of Funny, where he said it was Hades meets Control meets Metroid. I read someone. <laughs> describe it as Toho but in three dimensions and that scares the shit out of me as someone who (laughs) used to play a lot of Toho Um, yeah I don't know yeah is it so it so you do runs yeah it it is a it is a roguelite roguelite game essentially yes where you where you're going through different arenas um, where you pick up different weapons along the way, you're trying to get deeper and deeper as you, the, the, the upgrades that you get are not like character upgrades. You get, um, like environmental upgrades basically. So like you'll unlock stuff in the first area that makes it easier to traverse through the first area the next time you go through. And apparently there's this weird, like mind bendy story that's associated with it. Um, cause the, cause the theme of the game is very like edge of tomorrow ish in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but it looks, it, it like I said, it looks interesting. I didn't really know what to expect from it. Uh, but the previews have me much more excited than I probably expected to be. 
uh, before this game came out. I'm actually quite looking forward to it. Probably going to pick it up on Friday and play it uh, this weekend and see how that goes. All right. So I need you to be completely honest with me <laughs> when you tell me when you play this game. There you go. Well, that's what's new this week. Uh, go to uh, densepixels.com slash fans. We're all on Discord over there. Um, it's a it's a rip rollicking uh, good time. Um, the app is I I, I kind of like the app. I I think we need to this show specifically. Um, we have the potential to really interact with uh, the fans, mm-hmm. um, playing certain types of games. So. I think that's something that we should strive to do um, this year. Um, I'm saying that, but I'm saying it to myself because I'm the (laughs) one that probably wouldn't do it. Um, But now that I've said it, I'm, 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 I'm urging you all to hold me to task. Um, But yeah, we're all on discord. So go to densepixels.com slash fans to get an invite. Go to youtube.com slash dense pixels to come and see what we look like. You can, uh, you, I'm, I'm being uh, engulfed in, in toys because I'm a child and, um, and Brad has a, a new lo- a new camera location. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't know what the hell is going on in Carrie's background, but there's something blue over there. There's I got, like, I got a Palamute and I got, my monster hunter posters and i got my husband's pc set up behind me <laughs> there you go so uh, j- uh go to youtube.com slash dense pixels you might get to see carrie's husband walk in and start playing games that's happened before or i mean doors closed now usually you see my cat uh, walk in like oh yeah the cat because the cat the cat food pairs. is over here yeah the cat is just like what what is what is human doing in my space? Yeah. Yeah, all, get out all of here. space belongs to Ganon and Zelda, unfortunately. This is their house. I just live in it. Subscribe to all of the TMP Studios podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, including the Nerd Apocalypse, Black on Black Cinema, Coming Distractions, and the weekly preview episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. If that's not enough, go to densepixels.com slash premium. For $5 a month, $50 a year, you get access to the premium slate of content, including the airing of grievances, which I am going to try to convince Jay that we need to do because we are still in season seven and I want to be done. Um, No time to bleed. Uh, There's a movie picked out. I don't know if we scheduled when we're going to do it, Uh, but there's a movie picked out. The Men with the Golden Tongues, uh, there's an idea, uh, a really good one, uh, and Brad and I will make time to talk about it. Uh, Upstage Conversations. What is the last uh, episode of Upstage Conversations? We uh, did How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, which is my favorite musical. Um, Be born a white guy. mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I mean, that gives you a leg up. It's not a guarantee. But, you know, uh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta talk to Brad about doing, doing, doing about next how to episode. succeed in business without even no, trying. How, how to do, uh, <laughs> thing about doing uh damn Yankees. Oh yeah, that's right. It is, it is, tis the season. Tis that about the baseball. season. It is about, it is about it baseball. Is in fact about mm. the Yankees. It's mostly about the senators actually. True. Yes. 
Who the hell is Senate? All right, you know what? Um, <laughs> don't, don't, you got time? <laughs> we, do, we don't have time. That's the <laughs> we have a lot <laughs> of news to get through. And you can also get the full episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. Uh, trivia fact, the Look Forward Political Podcast, uh, was there was a beta version of the Look Forward Political Podcast, uh, and it was called Ebony and Ivory Politics. Uh, because Jay, Jay, and a white guy named Brad not, <laughs> would not, sit not down. This white guy named not Brad. this Brad, a different <laughs> white guy named Brad wow. uh, would would talk about politics, and it was not very good. But it was, <laughs> wow! It, it was it was you know it was before the nerd apocalypse and all that. Yeah. Right? Wow! So it was. This is something the the political talk is what Jay. Uh, truly loves to do. Uh, and it's worth your $5 a month, $50 a year. But uh, that show used to be called Ebony and Ivory Politics. And it started a black guy and a white guy and a black guy named Jan, a white guy named Brad. And uh, and it has come a a very, very long way, but not really. Um, <laughs> and this next, But this next episode uh, is going to be Ivory and Ivory Politics. <laughs> Because they got the they they get they they're getting rid of the of 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 the ebony for just one episode. So I'm very curious to see. Uh, I'm very curious to hear a white man's opinion on politics. It's something you've never heard before. There's not there's not enough of them out there. <laughs> what are the white men going to be able to talk about politics? On this week's episode, uh, best mayonnaise brands. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how to indulge in your privilege and much more. So, <laughs> so densepixels.com slash premium. It's jokes, folks. It's jokes. Yeah. It's jokes. It's uh, jokes. Speaking of things that aren't jokes, um, this is a surprising news. Nintendo, this is wild. Yeah, Nintendo decided to update Super Mario Party, a game that came out two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh with online compatibility, which is something the original game did not have. Of course, they waited till the pretty much the end of the coronavirus pandemic to to prioritize this. But hey, it's there now. Apparently, all but ten of the eighty mini games that exist within Super Mario Party uh, can now be played with your friends online. Uh, you do, of course, need to have the Nintendo Online subscription. But if you have a Switch and you don't. I don't understand why you wouldn't. It's like $20 for the entire year. Like yeah, it's, it, it's costs, it costs nothing. Super cheap. Um, but yeah, so they're not uh, they're not leaving Super Mario Party alone. Um, a game that probably sold well despite me not knowing a single person that owns it, if I had to guess. I think I have it. <laughs> you think you have it. I think I have it. I know I haven't played on my system in a while. I actually played it fairly recently. I played it like three weeks ago at a friend's house. Um, yeah, I mean, it's fucking Mario Party. What are you going to do? Um, it's probably almost better that they waited until after this pandemic's almost over because uh, had this been released at the start of the pandemic, there would have been some irreversible damage done to friendships. <laughs> as people turn to Mario Party for their social interactions. I mean, there's there's already enough of that going on in Mario Kart. Um, that is also true. Yeah. That's right at Mario Party. Uh, good on them to not leave this game in the dust, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to really move any more copies, but uh, hey, 
it certainly is out there. Um, Fujifilm uh, was known for having a uh, cool printer that you could use back when Pokemon Snap uh, first came out. Back when? Well, they've collaborated with Nintendo on a Switch-themed version of the Instax Mini-Link printer, which will let you print Switch screenshots, try saying that three times fast, through a smartphone app on your phone for the low, low price of 100 U.S. dollars. Uh, yes. So this, this printer, they're basically, they're coming out with this app that allows you to, um, print things off of your phone and you can use that, the app, you can basically connect your switch to the printer as well and use it to print screenshots, um, which is, I think fucking cute. Um, as someone who's very much looking forward to Pokemon Snap, and I never had the opportunity to take my Pokemon Snap cart to Blockbuster and plug it in and use it to print off a sheet of very teeny tiny little photographs from the game. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is this is cute. Um, I mean, they're it's basically they're doing a switch themed version of the Intax Mini Link printer. Um, which otherwise lets you print things off of your phone. Um, and then there's a Pikachu version that's like an extra 20 bucks. I'm no, I, I, I can't believe that like the modern day equivalent of Polaroid still like exists yeah. today because this is a thing that just exists. Like, this is a product that they just sell mm-hmm. anyway. So, yeah, like the Intax Instax cameras are like really popular. Um, I don't know. It's cute. Who doesn't like having an instant little physical photo? Like there's something different about having something that you can actually hold and like immediately put up somewhere, I think, rather than just something on your phone. I don't know. Look, am I about to spend $120 on this Pikachu printer as soon as it becomes available for me to order? You're goddamn right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No hesitation. My only issue with this is that it's printing things in portrait and not landscape. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, it just annoys me. Like, I'm assuming you can rotate the picture before you print it. Uh, but if you can't, uh, that's party foul. That that is that is not good. Well, if all. you can print, if you can print switch screenshots, I'd have to imagine that it can print in landscape as well. I would hope so. Yeah. Please God. Because. Uh, I'm I'm looking at all these portrait shots and mm-mm, no, don't like it. So despite the fact that seemingly no one is able to get one without having to wait several months, a la Carrie, uh, the PlayStation five is now the most, the fastest selling console in the history of the United States, both in dollar amount and unit sales uh, with f- in five months on the market. Uh, in 2020, the system sold four and a half million units around the world. And Sony has said that uh, by the end of March, they were on track to have sold over seven and a half million PlayStation 5 systems. Of course, the uh, supply is still not meeting the demand. Uh, it's still getting scalped like crazy uh, on gray markets, which is very unfortunate. Uh, but very successful, the PlayStation 5. Does anybody know the difference between... Fastest selling and best selling. 
Uh, I'd have to imagine. No, I'd have to imagine. Like, if you're looking at the similar timetable, they have to mean the same thing, right? Because what I'm I'm trying to piece together with this tweet is saying uh, Nintendo Switch. Oh, oh, was the best-selling hardware platform for both unit for both units and dollar amounts during the month of March during the first quarter. But I think they're basically looking is, at the same sort of quarterly time period. Like if they're looking at like the first fiscal quarter or whatever of these respective systems, mm-hmm. it's going to be how many units did they sell in that period of time after launch. Does that make sense? Whereas like overall best selling of all time, like, okay, cool. Like the Wii is still probably the single best selling console of all time, mm-hmm. but that's over the course yeah. of. Uh, P- PS2 is number one. PS4 okay. is number two now at this point. So best selling game consoles. Um, okay. I thought we was still up there. No, I mean, we is still up oh, there. Still very, so, I mean, Play, PlayStation 2 sold 155 million units, but that's over the complete mm-hmm. lifespan of the console. Yeah. Whereas I think with this fastest selling thing, they're just looking at like, they're they're comparing the same period of time for two different systems. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, look, I'm I'm very happy uh, for people who wanted one, who can finally get one. Um, you know, who weren't chosen by Sony, uh, like your boy here was, uh, who weren't who wasn't given the golden ticket. Uh, uh, the velvet rope opened for me because. I spent too much money. <laughs> I spent too much money and got lucky. Um, or or as the religious say, uh, blessed. So uh, hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed and highly favored. Um, <laughs> there is a uh, there is a PlayStation state of play that is going to be primarily focused on uh, the new Ratchet and Clank game Rift Apart. Uh, Sony promised that there's going to be 15 minutes of fresh gameplay, and they released a small trailer uh, where they have revealed that the female Lombax character, uh, who has been a mystery to this point, her name is Rivet, and she'll be voiced by none other than one Jennifer Hale, a famous voice actress. So more on that next week. Uh, I am amped up and fucking ready to roll for Ratchet and Clank. I cannot wait until I think it's July. When the game comes out, uh, and now Carrie can play it on launch day as well, June eleventh. Oh, Ju- oh shit, it's June. Well, fuck. Yeah, I yeah. guess it's June. Yeah, I, guess, I guess I'm not going to be playing Ratchet and Clank until late July, early. August. Yeah, I'm probably not going to be playing it. Look, I've busy. got like, I got Monster Hunter updates. I got Pokemon Snap. I got Nocturne remaster in like another couple weeks. I got I got other shit to play. Well, Ratchet you, and Clank is pretty pledged, far down on my list. To play uh, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition as well. Uh, did I pledge to do that? I don't that? know if you pledged to do it. You said I don't you think should. I pledged to do that. <laughs> and, and, and we I think I said I might do that. And I we... still might do that. That's also pretty far down on my list. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Uh, Sony's done an about face on a controversial move from a couple weeks ago that we discussed in the show. They've decided that uh, they're going to keep the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Vita uh, marketplaces open 
for play people to still download games uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, they've not given an end date. I'd have to imagine it's still going to end again at some point. Uh, but basically, Jim Ryan came out on the PlayStation blog and said, look, we heard you. We fucked up and we will we will keep things the way they are. Uh, notably, the PSP marketplace is still closing. Uh, they did not reverse course on that. But I think every PSP game that exists, pretty much, you can download on PlayStation Vita. I'm reasonably certain. Um, so if you have a Vita... Uh, you can still get those games, but yeah. Uh, so this, I mean, again, this is not a, I didn't, we didn't, or I, at least I didn't find this news to be that earth shattering when they announced it about a month ago. Yeah. Um, we made, we made a compelling case for why it doesn't matter that much, but look, if this makes people happy, if there's a bunch of people that'll have benefit from this, then great. It it probably doesn't cost Sony any fucking thing to, to leave this up and running. Right. Much. Probably not. Um, and and they're probably just not going to make an announcement next time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're just going to do it. <laughs> they'll, do, they'll do it, and then they'll make an announcement a month later and be like, "Hey, we did this." I don't know if anyone even noticed this. Right. <laughs> to be honest with you, all of you people who uh, spent twenty minutes lamenting about it on a Monday, uh, did you notice? <laughs> uh, XCloud is finally arrived, at least in beta version, uh, on iOS which I think is the big milestone that they that they were looking for to uh, to be able to really get this thing rocking and rolling full steam. Um, it'll work through. But here's the catch, though. There's, there's still not a native app for xCloud on the iOS platform. You have to run it through a web browser, uh, which seems slightly suboptimal, uh, but that's Apple's doing. So <laughs> nothing they can really do about that, unfortunately. Um, they did invite folks to test it. Uh, there's over 100 Game Pass titles that you'll be able to play either through the Edge browser, Google Chrome, or Safari, um, which that's interesting. You can run through Safari, but not, uh, <laughs> but but you can't get an app for it. And of course, you can sync your Xbox controllers uh, on with your iOS. You can also use a DualSense with a uh, iOS phone as well. Now they added native support for that, or they're adding it in the next uh, firmware update that's coming out for for the iPhone. So pretty cool. Uh, mm -hmm. several Microsoft announced this a couple months ago. It finally has happened where several free to play games on Xbox, uh, now do not require an Xbox live gold subscription. Uh, the, the game, there's a, a big long list of games. Uh, the most notable games are, it, let's see, apex legends, uh, crackdown and crackdown two. That seems awful. Self-serving, uh, call of duty Warzone, <laughs> uh, dauntless DC universe online destiny, uh, Fortnite, of course, uh, Killer Instinct would that that's interesting as well. Uh, Neverwinter, the Outriders demo, uh, Path of Exile, PSO2, um, yeah, a lot. Spellbreak, Smite, uh, basically, you know, Warframe, Warface, World of Tanks, World Warships Legends, like, like basically all the big ones, all the big ones that are free to play, uh, are now do not require an Xbox Live Gold subscription. So. All right. I mean, like you said uh, a while ago, this is just them trying to get the word gold out of the, uh, <laughs> the vernacular. Xbox vernacular. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, it, like I said, it's frankly amazing it took them this long. PlayStation and Nintendo 
have been on that kick for a long, long time in terms of not requiring online, especially for those big tentpole titles like Fortnite and Warzone and things like that. Um, I, I'm surprised it took this long for Microsoft to do this. Uh, but again, yes, another stake in the heart of, of devaluing the Xbox Live Gold service uh, to just get you to get Game Pass or nothing, apparently. So, <laughs> so you got that. <laughs> Uh, Jeff Kaplan, the director of Overwatch and 19-year uh, Blizzard stalwart, has left the company. Uh, apparently, he left on his own. Uh, there was some speculation for some people that are uh, ITK or in the know for you kids that don't know the internet slang Wow! at Blizzard uh, that this might not have been a, uh, a happy parting of ways. Uh, Kaplan left on his, his own, but they didn't give him the space to do the very flourishing, like, goodbye to the community kind of thing. He just did a small uh, post on the Overwatch website. Uh, Blizzard has not said why he's leaving. Jeff Kaplan hasn't announced where he's going. Uh, obviously, Overwatch 2 being in development right now, some folks were freaking out. Uh, Kaplan did put them at ease a little bit, though, saying they had a big team working on it and that, you know, they needed their support. Um, but yeah, some surprising news. Uh, no one really knows what's going to happen next with him. Jeff Kaplan was the face of Overwatch. Like anytime they put out an update or had something to show, it was always him that was doing the talking. So this did catch a lot of folks off guard for sure. Hmm. Uh, but such is the way of the industry. People moving on to to different challenges. Honestly, I don't. I don't even know if better or what or what. But you know, when you're one company for such a long time, especially you know, Overwatch has been out for you know. Five years at this point, probably in development for several years before that. That's a long time to spend on one project. Right. So mm -hmm. uh, CD Projekt Red had their investor uh, earnings call last week, uh, and they talked about refunds. Now, this does not tell the full scope of the situation because – the number that I'm going to give you is only refunds for PC. It doesn't mention anything about what PlayStation or Microsoft had to refund. The game's still not on the PlayStation store, by the way. <laughs> um, but apparently, C Project Red, out of 13 million copies sold of Cyberpunk 2077, had to refund a total of 30,000 copies of the game. I wonder if that number includes because Steam's refund policy, it's like mm -hmm. if you play less than like two hours of something, you can return it through Steam or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that number also includes that. I, I want to say it probably doesn't because mm -hmm. that's like a Steam refund rather than a CD Projekt Red refund, because they had to set this up after everyone was like, this game's fucking broken. Um, and um, and then they had to, like, expand the, the refund program. So mm. this, this feels like a number that probably only extends to PC players that went past... The, what would otherwise be the point of no return on Steam and then decided that they wanted a refund because the game was fucking broken. Um, so, yeah, this know, this feels like a number that they're telling shareholders to, to assuade their. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the real like the number in actuality. Probably a lot higher than that. Yeah, I, I think the number is higher, but I don't know if it's going to be like uh, I don't know if it's going to be something. Uh, uh, earth shattering. Right? No, I don't because think it's people... going to be like a million refunds, yeah. but like it's something where it's like if they're like 
They said we sold 13.7 million copies, but we only issued 30,000 refunds. But then that refund, again, only applies to PC users that likely got past that point of no return. Are they counting the initial, like, are they counting the people who did refund through Steam after two hours? Are those counted as an initial sale? Like, the the numbers here feel very fudged. Yes. Um, I would probably <laughs> anticipate that the total number of refunds across all systems that uh, Cyberpunk was available for is probably closer to like 150,000, 200,000. That sounds I feel correct. like that's... That sounds correct. I, I think it's reasonable. I think what's interesting with Cyberpunk, um, I wonder what their knock on of like knock on sales, like how badly those were damaged. Because the game not being on, you know, the most popular home console platform right now seems that would be not good for business. Um and I want like so they've sold 13 million copies so far. I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, like that was pretty much the number we were hearing like six weeks ago, pretty much, right? Like it doesn't seem like there's been a whole lot of movement as far as sales on the game. And again, not being in the PlayStation Marketplace, I feel like is is detrimental. Uh, they apparently also announced that they are not going to be doing, not working on bug fixes anymore. Like they're moving on to developing additional content for the game. Um which okay, uh, I, I guess uh, if, if they think I mean, it's in something. a releasable state, but again, Sony still is not having it on their store yet. So that's something that I wouldn't advertise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, like just say you're gonna do other stuff also, but like don't just say oh yeah, because the game is never going to be bug free. Mm-hmm. It's an open world game. They all have bugs, every single one of them. I, this is weird. Um, I haven't picked it up since I I, I finished the game. I like the game en- uh, uh, enough uh, enough to finish it, uh, you know. And in this era where I rarely finish games, that's you know I did like the game, um, but there's no reason to go back to it. Uh, there's like no new game plus. There's I, I I thought I've read that they just scrapped the idea of a multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, like, I got enough problems as it is right now. Right. <laughs> right. Yesterday, um, the lead quest designer like did an interview where he was like, well, the game is just really hard to develop. And, you know, we had this ambition and, you know, the, the reviewers and the gamers just didn't understand what we were trying to do. And it's just like, okay. I think it's really dumb to be like, hey, we're going to make this huge complex game with this enormous ambition and then just like sit around and be fucking salty about criticism that you receive when that ambition objectively is not achieved and all the complexities that you wrote into the game just make things really muddled. What what the fuck kind of a rationale is that? Like that's Also like, like simply like objectively speaking, baseline if your game isn't any fucking fun to play i don't give a shit about your ambition yeah like like if like if ford came out tomorrow and was like we developed this like super high concept 
electric car and it's going to be awesome and it's going to be affordable and fantastic. And then the car comes out and like it doesn't start half the time and like the rear axle's faulty and falls off constantly of the car. Like Ford's not going to come out with really, like well, you you guys just don't appreciate what we were trying to do in the automotive space. Like and and like you like people like you're complaining here about the axle falling off the car. You just don't understand how difficult it is to design a car. Yeah. <laughs> like, I hate when people throw around the word ambition. Yeah. Like it, it's yeah, if you're working on damn near anything worth a damn you aspire for it to be good, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so I, like, that's not, it's like multiplying by one, right? You don't say times one, it's understood. It's understood that you would, you know, care about this thing. But when people throw around the word ambition, it makes me feel like they just didn't give a shit. Well, well I, you know, we have a lot of ambition. Well, I, we want to make like, this game the best game ever. Well, yeah, no it, shit. Yo. It would have been one thing if they had released it as an early access title and and then outright said, we have this ambitious idea and we want to work with our community to build it into something that is grand and, and worth playing and sets a high bar for the next generation of games. But they didn't fucking do that. They hyped the shit out of it for years and years and years. They let the marketing completely spiral out of control. And then the game comes out and it's a buggy for many people, unplayable mess of a game. Like I don't understand how CD Projekt Red can fucking sit here and just be as salty as they have been about the response to the game instead of being like, you know what, maybe we bit off a little more than we could chew and we're going to work on fixing it. They haven't done that. They've just been like, well, hmm, maybe you just don't appreciate what we've been trying to do. Like, go fuck yourself. Well, <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like, it's not like they're alone in this space. Like, take, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2 is an ambitious title. Grand Theft Auto right. 5 in in how it's constructed is an ambitious title. Destiny was an ambitious title. What it like 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 <laughs> right. all this shit is full like ambition exists in the game industry. And you have very like No Man's Sky was incredibly ambitious. But right. they failed in their initial pursuit and it took them many years to get the game to a point where people were generally happy with it. If you work for a tech startup and you're being funded by private money, then yeah, you can take an ambitious swing at the stars. And if you come up short, it is what it is. Like, like that, the only the investors at risk and they know the risk going in. If you, if you work in the VC space, you're making a consumer product. Like at, at the end of the day, you need to still at least create a minimum viable product that people can play that fucking works. Like it, like if the game was not, did not release in as ambitious a state as you fucking projected, but it ran well and wasn't buggy and provided a decent experience, people would have been generally happy with it. They might've been disappointed with the output, but they wouldn't have been fucking complaining and getting refunds like crazy about it. What a, what a fucking, <laughs> what a fucking self-serving yeah, nonsense. Like statement. the, the way that CD project red has responded to how their audience, how, you know, the people who they are supposed to be entertaining have reacted to the product that, that they put out has really fucking burned me on that company at well, large. Like, 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 like your game release buggy. Like, is a reviewer supposed to be like, well, you know, it doesn't work for shit, but look, they like, what, what, a they tried scope. really hard. What, like what a, what a grand scope that they attempted. Yeah, and they had, credit they had for really that. good ideas of creating a role playing game in an open world. Man, I've never seen another company try to create a role-playing game in an open world with relationships. Relationships, guys. Hmm. And cars. 
Whoa. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I just, it's uh, just people 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 get on my damn. Uh, like if they first of all, you got you got an army of people that love you no matter what, right? And 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 half the people love you, half the people are like, wow, this sucks. And 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 there are a couple in that half that are like, you know, that that are being dicks. But like you just gotta you just gotta take this on the chin, man. Yeah, like all this you didn't understand my vision shit. It makes you seem like a fucking prick. Yeah, you do. Sorry, sorry, you squandered all the goodwill you built up with Witcher Three. Like that's not our fucking fault that you that you pushed right. that all away. Like dummies. They're coming out. They're coming out like the Rock at uh, at the end of Royal Rumble 2015, holding his <laughs> holding his cousin's hand up and looking around like, "Why are you booing me? <laughs> I, I'm the Rock. Why are you booing me?" <laughs> Holy shit. Moving on to companies that are fucking just putting their heads down and doing shit the right way. Uh, Capcom had a Resident Evil uh, sequence or like a showcase that they uh, showed off some stuff. They showed off some RE8 gameplay. Uh, They announced that Resident Evil 4 VR is coming to Oculus Quest 2. Uh, They showed off the Mercenaries mode in uh, Resident Evil Village. They They showed the trailer for the new uh, Resident Evil Netflix CGI series that's coming out. Uh, There's a 60 minute demo on uh, all platforms where you can check out Resident Evil 8 if you want to play that before it uh, before it comes out in a couple weeks here. Uh, they Originally, the demo was only available for 24 hours. They ended up extending it for a week. Um, and you can do whatever you want in the demo. They give you 60 minutes. Um, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty, pretty nifty. Uh, a lot of folks are getting Not excited. mentioned in this showcase, but apparently uh, for all you horny idiots out there uh, as part of the promotion of this game in japan they are releasing a life-sized towel of lady dimitrescu so that you can wrap yourself in her thick embrace that, 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 <laughs> as you play this out, game that, that's coming out in japan is should be to the surprise of literally nobody <laughs> What the fuck? What is a nine foot towel gonna do? Like, uh, all right. I mean, like, I if look, I would say I, if you told me this was happening in Japan, I would figure it would be a nine foot body pillow, not a nine foot towel. Towels are probably um, far less expensive to. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, if you're gonna if you're gonna cater to the if you're gonna cater to to your fan base, like cater to, give them something that they can stick their penises in. <laughs> Or rub their vaginas against. I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I think uh, I think this. I think big woman is 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 appealing to uh, to everyone. Who doesn't like a big woman? Who doesn't like a big woman? They got a tall category on on porn for a reason. <laughs> and she is the tallest. <laughs> Like I'm not gonna play this game, but I will enjoy watching other people play this game. Yeah, I ain't no way I'm touching this. Game. No, I'm not <laughs> playing this game. No, I'm a baby back bitch. <laughs> I don't play horror games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You uh, pick me up right at right at Chili's. I'm a I'm a baby back baby back baby back baby back baby back bitch. I don't. There's like four show titles in that whole last. Episode. I really I really, don't, I really don't know what to pick. Uh, it's it's between who doesn't like a big woman and give them something to stick their penis in. I I know which one I want to use, but I also know which one the algorithm would probably prefer. So we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna err on the side of caution. 
for this week's episode. Look, all I got to say is uh, you don't like Lady D. Uh, I don't trust your taste. Yeah, I don't. Get out of here. Uh, Capcom is also, for the first time in the West, finally releasing uh, the great Ace Attorney games that came out. And and great's part of the title in that case. I'm not making uh, any any opinions about the game, which I haven't played. Uh, These are basically Phoenix Wright, except it takes place in the 19th century. Yes. Uh, They only came out in Japan previously. They're coming. They can't. And like they came out years ago in Japan. The first one came out in 2015. And like all of the Ace Attorney fans in America were like, hey, we're ready for it. We won't play this game. And then they released a sequel in Japan. We were still like, when are we getting these games, Capcom? And they did not release it. And they did not say at all that they were going to release it. And then like earlier this year, people started getting like leaks and rumors about them finally doing in English. So they're doing a switch port and it's also going to be on PS4 and, um, and steam. But um, yeah, so this is like Phoenix Wright's ancestor in Victorian London and uh, Meiji era Japan. Yes. Uh, he, he works with Herlock Sholmes. Herlock Sholmes. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Why? One of the all-time why, great. The way, why, by the way, couldn't they just call him Sherlock Holmes? Like, like, uh, fair. I'm pretty sure Sherlock Holmes is public domain at this point. If I don't mistaken. think it is yet. <laughs> oh, really? I think. Okay. I think. So I mean, here's like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Her, Herlock Holmes is like, and like literally like early like 1905 fucking era copyright workaround. Because Maurice LeBlanc wanted to be like, hey, I want my character Arsène Lupin to basically go against Sherlock Holmes. And the Sherlock Holmes estate was like, no. (laughs) And so Maurice LeBlanc was like, I have an idea. And so he created this character, Herlock Holmes. Yeah, come on, yo. <laughs> he should he should have done the Simpsons thing. It was like, ah, he's like, I believe his name will be Sherlock H. He's like, no, no, that's that's far too obvious. How about S. Holmes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, Her- Herlock Holmes is a is a vintage copyright law workaround, and I'm wow. glad to see Capcom go the same route. Um, but yeah, it's it's super cool. They're releasing both games in a single collection called the Great. Ace Attorney Chronicles. They're also doing a full uh, collection of the two uh, great Ace Attorney games Will with the rest of the Ace Attorney visual novel collection um, called the Ace Attorney Turnabout Collection. So that's both great Ace Attorney games or Dai Gyakuten Saiban, whatever you want to call them. And then the uh, first three games of the Ace Attorney trilogy as well so that's five visual novels one collection uh i hope the fact that capcom is finally releasing the uh, great ace attorney games means that they will go back and finally translate the fucking second ace attorney investigations game because they did the first one and it was really fun and again like the ace attorney fan base has been sitting here being like when we get in this other game fucking radio silence from capcom on that shit so who knows uh, but Carrie, I, I was hype as shit for this i need you 
to tell us about the Monster Hunter Rise DLC update that's coming out. Yeah. So this morning, Capcom did the first uh, title update preview for um, Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, before I get into that, they also went into um, the uh, Monster Hunter Stories 2, Wings of Ruin. Uh, that comes out in July. There's some crossover content happening between Stories 2 and Rise, basically just like layered armor. So it's like if you have save data from one game and you start the other, you'll get some shared content. So that's fun. Uh, but yes, um, literally 25 minutes from when I am speaking right now, the first title update comes to Monster Hunter Rise. Um, so you get a few key returning elder dragons uh, you get camellios who um is an asshole um so it's like camellios he's based on a chameleon um and he can sort of turn himself invisible i think he can also poison you i don't know i haven't fought camellios before so that's super fresh for me even though he's a he, uh, he was first introduced in monster hunter 2 um, and then they're also bringing back um, Teostra and Kushala Deora, um, again, other Elder Dragons, so sort of super challenging monsters. Um, and then the thing about Rise is you've, you have these like apex versions of other large monsters. So we now have Apex Rathalos, Rathalos being the red dragon who's the flagship monster of the franchise. And then fucking apex diablos and diablos is a real bastard and i'm really not looking forward to fighting a harder version of him um they're also putting apex monsters during um regular quests uh apex monsters have been only seen so far in the rampage mode which is the sort of people have called it a tower defense minigame basically and that's sort of what it boils down to um they're also adding a bunch more regular quests. They're adding new timed event quests. They're adding new arena quests. They're adding harder rampage events. Uh, they're also adding more layered armor, so like cosmetic stuff. Um, however, we still don't get the end of the story for the game that's coming in the next title update at the end of May. So, but the other thing is they're lifting the hunter rank cap. Um, all hunter rank has been capped at HR seven. Um, so they're finally releasing that cap. So now it is off to the races to raise that HR. Get, why get did, that why did they cap up. it in the first place? I think they capped it just to sort of keep everyone in this neat little holding pen while they worked on the rest of the game. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I mean, to be fair, it, it made sense in the way that they did it, mm -hmm. um, where it's like, all right, cool. You know, once you're HR three, you can take on three star quests, and once you're HR seven, you can take on those seven star quests. And um, now, you know, now that everyone is the the game's been out for a month, um, now time to time to get that hunter rank up, baby. Um, some people are a little upset that because um, there's some other paid DLC, which is mostly just like stickers and cosmetics and gestures and special layered armor and stuff like that hairstyles um the other thing that they lock behind dlc is um character edit vouchers which is like 
if you want to go in and completely change the look of your hunter, you have to do DLC. You have to like pay to do that. Mm -hmm. And they did that in world two. And some people are a little salty about it. Um, you can always go in and you can change your characters like hair color and makeup and hairstyle and whatnot. You don't have to do a voucher to do that. But if you want to like change the shape of their face, you have to like pay to do that, I guess. Um, so yeah uh all i do is play monster hunter so <laughs> i am looking forward to wrapping this episode up so that i can go play the new update tonight thank you so uh here's an odd transition speaking of people that are pissed off with the game company about cosmetic issues hmm. uh destiny is finally rolling out for the first time ever a legit transmog system for the armor in the game. So they, they've had sort of a transmog system before for the last you know year or so where you could get armor ornaments and change armor to look like, you know, whatever you want, essentially. But this is the first time they're getting like a full-fledged transmog. Like now with armors, when you get a piece of armor, the stats are the most important thing and you can make it look like whatever you want it to look like, just like you can in pretty much most other major like action RPGs or MMOs or things of that nature. People were very excited for it. However, once they got the details, the excitement level has gone down considerably. So the thing is, and, I, and I'll try to summarize this as best I can. You can't just do this. Like, it's not just something you can just do uh, in the game. You have to farm for materials in order to do it. Like, there, there's now three different new currencies that will be in the game, new materials that you can farm for. Uh so basis and, and they don't work in conjunction like they work in a progressive manner from one another. So like, for example, there's a material called synth strand and you can find that, you know, all around the universe adventuring and you get it for killing enemies and say their thing. Once you have enough, you can buy special bounties that will get you synth cord from one of the vendors. And then once you get the bounty, they can get you can trade the bount you can take your sin cord once you've done enough bounties and then trade it into the same vendor for synth weave, which is what you then need in order to unlock armor appearances for stuff in the game. Here, you but have to do this for every armor slot. Yes. No. Yeah. Well. well no, oh, but but no. but Micah, hold on. It 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 hasn't it <laughs> hasn't stopped yet. They're capping you at the amount of synth weave that you can earn per season at 10. So that means, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, synth weave will, will, will do your whole armor set. So, but basically you okay. can, you can, uh, you can change 10 armor sets per class per season and a, any season lasts three months in destiny world. Now, if you want to do more than 10, that's fine, but you have to buy a synth weave, template token which is three dollars a piece in order to to be able to do more synth weave and you still have to go grind the materials <laughs> in order to do it now i understand <laughs> i understand that destiny is now a free-to-play game and so they have to make money somehow okay <laughs> this seems like 
the bad way to do it. And in all honesty, I think the people like the community, the destiny community is more pissed off about the immense amount of grinding that needs to be done for this cosmetic change. than than having to pay for additional, I guarantee you they would just, they just take my money. Just take it. Yeah. Just Just take it. Just let me do it for context in Diablo three, which I'm playing a lot right now. You can transmog basically any armor to match any, armor that you've previously like gotten dropped to you during the game or any piece of equipment, a regular grade piece of equipment is 5,000 gold, which is nothing in the game. And a legendary piece of equipment is 500,000 gold, which once you get up to like level 70 and like start gaining Paragon levels and start running higher torment is also fucking nothing. Like I can get 500,000 gold in one rift run. Like it's like, it's not a fucking problem at all and it doesn't cost me any real life money i don't have to grind for shit material the only thing i have to grind for is getting as many armor drops as i possibly can to have more options that's it that's it this is yeah this 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 is ridiculous man like for something that's so for something that just does not impact the game whatsoever like this is purely vanity and the the grinding is the, the the grinding is the thing that's most offensive to me. <laughs> I can't get out of here, man. There's enough grinding in Destiny as it is. Uh, no, that's I like the whole game, right? Right, like, like you just. But but I mean, that's half the game, this, right? Like, but this grind in particular, like going out into fuck on fucking patrols just to kill things to get a currency <laughs> that you then have to go back and run bounties and the bounties pretty much usually uh, consist of going to kill going more things patrol. for more currency <laughs> is not the fun grind. Like if you're going on missions, if you're doing strikes, if you're running in crucible, if you're doing like specific like purpose filled things in the game, that's when the grinding is fun. When you're doing activities, when you're just running around doing bullshit, that's not the fun grind. <laughs> That that that's just running up on trash mobs and just and just you know wiping them out essentially. Yeah, man. Uh, wow, wow. Oh man, I've played Dustin in a long time, man. Nor have I. Nor have I. I. And 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 not not because of this. Like I'm, prob- I'm, yeah, I'm honestly no, probably yeah, no, probably done with Destiny. Like I, I don't really see myself going back at this point. But yeah, you know, every time I turn around, like the community's pissed off about something. I don't feel like that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a good thing and you can never tell right because it's sometimes it's something just like this and sometimes it's just like they nerfed my gun bro like all right and and to be fair transmog is completely optional they're not removing anything from the game it's an addition to the game and they've kind of had a similar system in place for a long time but are they they getting rid of that system i i'd have to imagine so yeah (sighs) like if that's the case Mm. but just let let people just fucking dress up how they want to yeah it's not like it's not like you can see your character um get in the tower yeah you just gotta (laughs) you you gotta go you gotta go through all of this right you gotta go through all of this just to hang out in the tower i uh, uh okay uh, believe it or not, more news still. Uh, Amazon has canceled the Lord of the Rings MMO that it announced a couple years ago, but not for the reason that you might think. Apparently, this is a pissing match uh, with Tencent Studios that that caused this cancellation, essentially. Mm. So they were working with a, a developer based in Los Angeles called Athlon Games, uh, who is a subsidiary 
of Layu Technologies. This is the company that owns uh, Digital Extremes, who are the developers of Warfare. Uh, in December, Tencent bought Layu, and that forced contract negotiations over the Lord of the Rings MMO. And basically, I guess Tencent wanted uh, more money from, from Amazon, and Amazon was like, go fuck yourself. And so that led to the game being canceled. It sounds about right for both Amazon and Tencent. Yeah, so. <laughs> this sounds very par for the course. Yeah. So like I said, ultimately a, a financial pissing match between uh, two of the biggest companies on the planet uh, is why we're not going to get a Lord of the Rings MMO. Um, going the other direction, Apex Legends has added a brand new permanent mode to Apex Legends. It's called Arenas. And it's basically taking all the characters from the game and the weapons from the game, the shooting mechanics, and putting them into a 3v3 tactical shooter package uh, that's going to be an alternate game mode that's going to exist alongside the Battle Royale game. Uh, it's gonna If you've played in a tactical shooter like Siege or things of that nature, uh, it's going to sound very familiar. It's a round-based format. To win a round, you have to eliminate the entire opposing team. And whichever team wins the most, you know, gets to the certain round target first. Uh, is going to win the game, but you're still going to have all the all the character abilities that you have in Apex Legends, and you still get all the gunplay and all that jazz as well. Um, I do believe that you have to go into the match with like a specific loadout, also. Um, or actually, I'm sorry, no, you, this it still does work like Apex, or it, it's sort of like a battle royale. So apparently, at the beginning of each round, there's a buy phase where you can use credits that your character has to purchase your weapons and upgrades and stuff like that. And then your inventory gets wiped out at the end of each round, essentially. So it's an interesting twist, uh, kind of a hybrid of two modes that we really haven't seen uh, before a video game. Uh, I think this is pretty cool. I, it's not enough for me to get in Apex Legends because I don't have two other people to play it with to try, to try this out, nor, nor am I any good at the game. Uh, but I think it's pretty nifty that they're adding a mode like this into it. <laughs> All right. Not bad. Uh, finally, <laughs> yo, <laughs> yeah, yo, indeed, uh, yo, is, noi. <laughs> there is a video game crossover, uh, that we never thought we'd see. We, we, we once thought that, you know, Mario and Sonic would be like the, the dream team up that we would never, uh, that we would never get. And then lo and behold, uh, we got them, but just in shitty Olympic themed video games. Um, but this one, I don't think anyone saw coming. So in Crash Bandicoot on the run, uh, the mobile runner that, that currently exists that's out there right now, uh, a new mini boss that will face Crash Bandicoot is the Noid, the Domino's Pizza Noid, uh, which went out of, out of vogue uh, back in the early 90s. Now, for those of you that are saying, what the fuck does the Noid, first of all, many of you are probably saying, what the fuck what is the noise? <laughs> I feel like that's something worth explaining is like what a what a weird time like the late 80s early 90s was that we were so attached to like food mascots mm. that we like turned them into pop culture icons between the noid and like the California raisins and like the cool spot the cool spot they all had video games, and some of these games were quite decent. Even yes. um, I'm glad I had that cool spot game. Good, so. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not kidding. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the the Noid was basically like the Domino's Pizza version of the Hamburglar. Yeah, he tried to steal Domino's Pizza all the time. 
Um, he didn't last, like I said, past the early 90s, essentially. Uh, but he did last long enough to get an NES video game called Yo Noid, uh, which came out back in he had 1990. two games. Oh, yeah? He had a 1989 game called Avoid the Noid. Oh, it was on, that was on, Commodore. on the that MS DOS. That doesn't count. And then you had like an <laughs> NES title of Yo Noid. Um, yeah, that's. Uh... Um... And now he can fight Crash Bandicoot. Sort of. <laughs> no, they really yeah. did make a California Raisins NES game. Yes, though. they did. You are you are 100 correct. Um, yeah. Not not only they like, the grape the escape California raisins, but the California raisins were like wildly popular. Like like they were a fixture on Saturday morning cartoons back when Mike and I. Uh, yeah, man, they were like the four tops. They were like yo, a they had band. a Christmas special. <laughs> they did. I, I I've seen the California raisins Christmas special. I've watched a it. claymation Christmas celebration. Yeah, it, well, because they ran it up near the Garfield one. Every year, oh yeah, for a couple of years there. So, yeah, I mean, I I was like, but a wee bab in the in the <laughs> early nineties, but I I do have some like wisps of memory of like Yo Noid commercials and California oh, raisins on television. Thanks, Reagan. <laughs> I mean, that's all that shit is. Hey, let's just, uh, regulation. What the fuck that. You want to you hey sell this create this character and just sell sell these 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 pizza yeah. characters using a weird uh man in a bodysuit with with bunny ears. Yeah, Joe, Joe, yeah. Joe Campbell used to be a thing. Remember Joe Campbell? Yeah, that yo, Joe ancient. Campbell, yo. <laughs> they used to I have remember Fred Joe Flintstone Campbell. selling cigarettes, man. Yeah. Like yo, <laughs> like I remember the Joe Campbell commercials in like the early early 90s before they were like you are not allowed to sell cigarettes on television <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> sitting around with my fucking uh, dunkaroos and uh watching cartoons as a kid Yo, watching cartoons one. that as an adult i realize are not appropriate for children boy boy am i glad we advanced past this era of unfettered capitalism <laughs> <laughs> micah take it away with the ad read <laughs> God damn it. Um go to go to go to deathfixes.com slash Amazon uh for all of your Amazon purchases. When you do so, uh you not only uh get what you want without paying anything extra, you help the show out. Uh my most recent order uh was a was a Pete the Cat book. Um all right. I, I I know who Pete the Cat is, uh, and that's what having a baby will do for you. Uh, go to densepixels.com slash Amazon um, to order all of your Pete the Cat books. So uh, I would expect that people that work in the in the, in the video game industry uh, would at least have a general understanding of the video game marketplace. And perhaps it's an unfair thing to assume. Uh, but apparently... Even folks in high-ranking positions kind of don't. So the creative director and writer of Days Gone, uh, John Garvin, went on David Jaffe's podcast. Oh, okay. Uh, this makes a lot of sense. A little then. while ago, yeah. And um, <laughs> basically, Jaffe asked him if the game's debut on PlayStation Plus sparked <laughs> new interest in the title. And here's what Garvin said. I'm going to quote. I do have an opinion on something that your audience may find of interest in. It might piss some of them off. If you love a game, 
buy it at full fucking price. I can't tell you how many times I've seen gamers say, yeah, I got that on sale. I got it through PS Plus, whatever. Don't complain if a game doesn't get a sequel if it wasn't supported at launch. It's like God of War got whatever number millions of sales at launch, and you know Days Gone didn't. Just speaking for me personally as a developer, I don't work for Sony. I don't know what the numbers are. So my problem with this statement is this. So this came in the wake of the fact that Sony announced that there's not going to be a sequel for Days Gone. Okay. And a, a lot of the Days Gone fans are a little up in arms about it, and we'll get to them in a second. Uh, but John Garvin, to me, doesn't understand how the marketplace of video games works. So he's saying, if you're interested in this game, you should have paid full price for it. And I understand that. But here's the thing, John Garvin. Every single person, and I, and I mean every person, who played Days Gone through, because of PlayStation Plus was never giving you $60. Ever. Right. The the difference wasn't, oh, I'll pay $60 for Days Gone or I'll get it for free. It was, I'll get Days Gone for free or I won't play it. Like, like or those I won't were, get it at all. Right. Yeah. right. Like, like those were the two options that those people were, were noodling between. And even people that bought Days Gone at a reduced price for like 30 bucks. Again, it's not, ah, I'll wait till it's $30. Maybe in that camp, you might have a few more people that might wait it out intentionally, but the vast majority of people weren't saying, I'll wait till days gone to $30 and then I'll buy it. No, no, it was, I'll I'll get this because it's $30 or I'm not getting it at all. Right. Oh, this is on sale for super cheap. Yeah. I'll I'm give it buying a shot. it. I'll give it a shot. I've heard good things about it. I, right. Now I'll, I'll give this a shot. And frankly, that like as frustrating as I'm sure it is as a video game developer to, to see that and to see people play your game for free or get it for super cheap. And that's not helping to do this, that or the other thing. It's still getting an audience out there for your game and making it more likely that you'll either a get to make a sequel or b just get to make something else. Like, right. like if 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 Days Gone has a has a long dovetail on it, which the game did, by the way, that's a good thing for the game. And it's it's frustrating at this point because you might might you know want to make a sequel for the game, and Sony doesn't appear to be interested. And I understand that, but telling people to pay fucking you know sixty dollars for the game, yeah, if you're hyped for the game. Absolutely. Pay $60 for the game. I'm about to like Returnal was not a game on my radar and I'm now ready to pay $70 for Returnal because the game looks fucking great. Like money is not going to be a barrier for people if they want to actually play the game. Days Gone didn't fail because not enough people were willing to pay $60. Days Gone failed because you guys didn't make a game that was compelling enough to purchase at $60. Yeah, this his quote where he's like, I think the... I." I I think the uptick in engagement with the game is not as important as did you buy the game at full price? Because if you did, then that's supporting the developers directly. You should be thanking everyone who has played your game because that means you now have a larger audience for a future project. And all you're doing is squandering that goodwill by going online and doing interviews by being like, I don't think the uptick in engagement is worth as much as buying the game at full price. Like these people weren't ever going to give you that money. So why aren't you fostering stronger goodwill with these people so that they are then more incentivized to buy your next project at full price? 
there's there's a ton of developers out there who had a game that was merely fine but wasn't commercially successful that built a reputation that then went on to make like a fucking tentpole game after that. You know, Marathon wasn't the fucking, you know, bees knees of video games. That wasn't like this amazing game. But because Marathon was good and because it got them on people's radar, Bungie then got to make fucking Halo. Like, like, like it's like it, it's not always going to happen overnight. And this was the first big like AAA game that Ben Studios developed. And it was a rocky fucking project from from all intents and purposes. And the game that released on launch day was not the game that it is now. And I'm sorry when you're not in a, a service based game, when you when you are a single player game and you miss that that window where you can capture that zeitgeist. You're fucked, man. Like, like it, it is what it is. Like you had a rough development. The game came out. It wasn't up to snuff. It was buggy. It was, it was a little lean on content. It wasn't very fun. It was, it was arduous. And the, and the reviews and the impressions around the game reflected that. And then people fucking moved on because that's how this industry works. It is nonstop and it's fucking brutal. Mm-hmm. But the fact that your game got fixed the bugs and worked out the gameplay and made a, a a game that a lot of people like quite a bit is a good thing. And a lot more people got to experience it because it hit PlayStation plus. And now while days gone Two is not on the horizon, Sony I'm sure is going to have something for Ben studios. And this is probably going to be better than what days gone was because now you have the experience of that under your belt as a studio to be able to do that. Yeah. It just comes off as I like, I, <laughs> I think I'm I'm trying to understand his point of view and I I think I get it. It just it just comes off as slightly entitled. It's and, super entitled and, and very very bitter. And um I, I I I I don't know. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Like uh like you like you all have said, uh Days Gone was it was a game that was that had potential, right? It had potential. It just didn't come out the gate like swinging in a in a genre that is overcrowded. And right. in if a, you, an if open world zombie shooter, right? Like if you're not if you're not if you're if you're gonna play in that sandbox, like you better bring something to the table, man, because it doesn't. I, I don't I don't know man I don't know and, and, uh, and it doesn't way, help like, that your game it doesn't help that your game looks damn near identical to um uh the last that's of us. what I was about to say like 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 you were, like, <laughs> like, come so, on man. Sony studio and your big idea for game is a survival based shooter with not zombies in a post apocalyptic society right <laughs> yeah look it's 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 that i mean like i remember when i remember seeing the initial trailer for this and literally thinking to myself this looks like the last of us but worse <laughs> and that's what it was like it's um i don't know but yeah like like i said the people that did buy pay 60 dollars for this game that is your audience for the game and if you couldn't find an audience that's not the market's problem. That's not the consumer's problem. Ultimately, at the end of the day, that's yours as a game studio's problem. And you just didn't make a product that resonated. It is what it is. We're not saying you guys suck at developing games. We're just right. saying that your 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 product didn't find its target audience. It just didn't. 
So you can be mad that people got, got to play it for free. But again, if they didn't play it for free, they just weren't going to play it. Is that Boy, so, it's it's weird it's weird you know because most time you hear creatives they talk about like oh it's all about the art man i just want you to play my game it's i just i just really want you to play my game that we worked with and, and then here comes this guy like no buy it right buy <laughs> my art <laughs> this dude literally out here being like give me the money yeah aren't, aren't, you, aren't you happy that people got around to experience it no i want to fucking get paid bro like, yeah. right <laughs> and like i like understand I, but like it, it no nah, man you, you you're not you're not coming off uh you're not coming off the way i think you should yeah now no. the hell am I? now meanwhile uh gamers what the fuck are you doing? So apparently, gamers also don't understand yeah, how the industry they works. Also don't understand either. So there, there was once the, once it was broken by Bloomberg News that Days Gone was not going to get a sequel. Um, Eighty thousand strong took to change.org to sign a petition uh, in order to implore Sony to make a sequel. And now uh, you have uh, they're they're hoping to get to one hundred fifty thousand. Right, that's where they want to end up. And they say, oh, there's millions of people who want Sony to approve Days Gone 2. We got we to gotta get, we got to motivate Sony to approve Days Gone 2. And here's the thing, guys. Not enough you paid $60 to buy this fucking game. Which is why, <laughs> which is why they're not going to make it. Like, I'm sorry, but like, but like, if, if, if you, unfortunately, in this day and age, uh, if you, if you have a project that you think is cool, you have to scream it from the rooftops. You have you have to you have to kind of do word of mouth marketing for the company as well. If if it's something that people don't understand about, it. I had I had a colleague, a former colleague at GameStop, who was the fucking days gone evangelist man. Like he was all about that fucking game before it came out, when it came out, after that game came out. That dude probably sold them like tens and tens of copies that they would not have sold. That's just one guy doing it just because of the position he happened to be in. Look, if you if you see a game that that comes out, how how much did you guys listening on the show hear me talk about Slay the Spire uh, at mm-hmm. the end of 2019 right. constantly because I think it's fucking amazing and more people need to play it. Look. <laughs> what gets me about this petition is they're like they can't let such an amazing game end on a cliffhanger and I <laughs> an embittered Golden Sun fan have now been sitting on a cliffhanger for a third of my lifespan. And we'll so I don't want to we'll fucking hear it from these days. days Gone fans. I mean, look, if they want to push for a sequel, that's fine. More power to them. I just, I have no sympathy for people who are like, well, my, oh, my game that came out last year ended on a sequel or ended on a cliffhanger. They haven't announced a sequel yet. Yeah, suck my dick. I'm waiting for like, I've been sitting on a cliffhanger for literally 10 and a half years now. By by the way, don't think that's a phenomenon that's exclusive to to obscure JRPG franchises. Me and Micah have a whole Turian arc that's just sitting out in space somewhere. (laughs) And we don't know what fucking happened to it because Mass Effect Andromeda didn't do shit in sales and they are like well we're not making dlc for it you want to find out what happened in the turing arc cool go read a fucking book yeah, go read a <laughs> <Yeah>. book <laughs> look i would be happy for a book from nintendo at this point honestly um look Just it is a, what it is a crumb of content would it, be great it, it is what it is and, I, and i'll tell i'll tell these gamers the same thing that i that i told uh told the guy from ben studios 
the 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 game didn't find an audience and if the game doesn't find an audience then it's not going to get made um yeah or at i least, mean or at it's least not 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 by a, not by sony like like maybe if ben were to leave sony somehow and you know publish it find another publisher for it sure which has happened before um I'm, you know it sucks but you know you 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 you'll get over it You'll get over it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move it on into the post office because we are running very long today. Um, National American University asked me uh, thoughts on the new European Super League. Now, last week, if we had gotten record, I was really fired up about the European Super League. However, a lot's happened in a week. So the quick primer on this: so a bunch of the top clubs in Europe, including Tottenham Hotspur. We're going to basically break off from the Champions League and create their own Super League that they could play in alongside their club competitions every single season. Now, the Super League was essentially a Champions League with one very distinct difference. See, in the Champions League, in order to qualify for it the following season, you have to finish among the top clubs in your league standings every year. Uh, The Super League was going to be like, hey, the 15 of us that start this thing, uh, we get to be in it every year. And then we'll have five spots that will open for people that that merit going into the Super League. In other words, they wanted to make a very Americanized version of a soccer league uh, that would make them a shitload of money. Uh, It would completely devalue the Champions League as a as a product to sell to advertisers, which the champ, which UEFA was not very happy about. And uh, and basically it was a bunch of rich mostly white people and oil barons getting mad at a bunch of other rich, mostly white people and oil barons. Um, and basically all the teams in England blinked and the champ and the super league collapsed like over the course of a weekend, essentially. So, cause the, cause the, the one thing that they did not do was get the fans on board. And it's funny. Soccer in Europe is, a weirdly pure sporting competition where the fans truly believe that things should be done on merit and they don't really have any consideration for the for the business viability of the club itself. <laughs> so like people are like, like, you know, th- this would have been an objectively good thing for Tottenham Hotspur, but like Tottenham fans were like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like, I, like, I can't believe you're thinking about doing this. You fucking assholes. And Spurs were like, Oh no, we're not going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so to, to to put it in context for you guys, um, imagine if in the NBA, let's say like the Bulls, the Knicks, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Heat, um, the Celtics, like all, like like the top eight like money making franchises in the NBA were like, you know what? We're going to play the regular season, but then when you guys have the playoffs, we're going to have our own playoffs between us, and then you guys can do whatever you want, but whoever wins our playoffs, they're going to be the real NBA champion. Oh, and by the way, we get right of first refusal on every free agent that that decides to play in the NBA, and we get the top draft pick also uh, every single Yo, year. As well. That's wild. That's, like, ba- that's, ba- th- that's basically <laughs> what it amounted to, because those clubs automatically get the best players anyway, because they're the richest clubs. So not only yeah. would they do that, but now we're going to isolate ourselves in this league where we get to play. We'll invite a couple of you guys every year, uh, but basically our our financial security is not at risk. 
is yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to play with you, pores. Right, because the Champions League, <laughs> when you qualify for it, like your your club literally based through you know the TV rights and and prize payouts and stuff like that, literally earns like hundreds of millions of euros every season. It's insane. <laughs> and the, and those clubs were like, what if those hundreds of millions of euros? But every season, and we don't have to worry about never be never being in the not being in the Champions League. So it was Jesus. bullshit. Um, I'm glad it collapsed, but I'm sure we'll see something similar to it, or, or at least the attempt at something similar uh, down the road. Um, Johnny says, "Do you think Microsoft will go with the full sports rotation and try to land Madden, FIFA, NBA 2K, and NHL as day one downloads for Game Pass this year?" One hundred percent, yes. I'm I'm looking forward to playing uh, FIFA. Yeah, they're they're yeah, they're they're halfway there with EA anyway. Like Game Pass is like EA Season Pass, whatever the fuck that's called, is is part of Game Pass. I yeah. guarantee you, they could convince EA to be like, let us release this shit on day one on here. I guarantee you, yeah. they could do it. Two, the only one that I'd be skeptical about would be Two K because uh, Take Two Sports is greedy as shit, and uh, <laughs> and they're not going to happen. But yeah, I would I I could absolutely see that being a thing. Which would be wild, by the way. Um, let's see. Rev asks for Mortal with Mortal Kombat Nine just turning ten years old and revitalizing the franchise. What do you guys credit for why the games are good again? Um, they have real fighting engines. Um, <laughs> look, all those look the first couple of Mortal Kombat games, one, two, three slash Ultimate. They weren't. They didn't have, they weren't good fighting games in terms of like mechanics. Yeah, you know, you could, you could, you, you could run, but like fights would devolve into, um, just like, like jump kicks and, and they tried like dialer combos and, but the dialer combos felt really, really dialer combo y. Um, and then the 3D era of Mortal Kombat is just atrocious. It's the worst time for that franchise. Uh, Mortal Kombat 4 might be the worst fucking fighting game I've ever played. Um, and and one of the Mortal Kombat's they had uh, they were trying to innovate fatalities, so they had to they did like dial like like custom fatalities where you could pull like eight ribs and, uh, and and two brains and rip four arms off of people who had two arms and it just wasn't it wasn't good and they were trying they were trying to innovate but it felt like it felt like they didn't know what they were doing so they just kind of threw everything into a pot and hoped that something would come out um then they kind of uh I don't count MK versus DC and then they they kind of stepped back retooled they were like hey we got an idea for this story right because fighting games have always had like an arcade mode which has some sort of job story to it well they decided hey our the one of the best things about our franchise is our stupid stupid lore and they made they put that into the forefront and it and they the way they did it was was genius right like they force you to pick characters that you don't necessarily want to that you don't necessarily play as to kind of get familiar with it and then the system was the the system was a little better it's still dial a combo but it's more it's closer to tekken's style dial a combo than the mortal kombat 3's like literal like 
you know, button, 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 dollar combo. So they just they just stepped back and, and retooled the, the fighting engine from the ground up and, and coupled with and they embraced their lore. They embraced their lore like that's that's what made those games good. And then they and then they really dug into it. And that's why you see that's why Mortal Kombat has another dumb movie out because yep. of the stupid lore. Anyway. Gustavo asks, should American Sports League adopt promotion and relegation systems? Um, they should, because it would make American sports way more interesting and encourage teams to spend more money. They can't because of the of how American sports leagues are structured. So the only the only leagues that could feasibly do it currently as as things exist would be the NHL, kind of, but most notably Major League Baseball could definitely do it. The problem is, is that all of the minor league teams are owned by all of the major league teams. So like, like every major league team has a farm system where they send their players to the different levels of minor league baseball. The minor league teams aren't independently owned like clubs that have that signed their own players or anything like that. Like that's why it can't work. Um, I think it'd be cool as shit if American sports leagues uh, adopted this. You would also not get anyone willing to buy American sports franchises if promotion and relegation existed because the financial volatility involved uh, would be insane. And if you think that salaries in American sports are out of control now, uh, bring promotion and relegation into the mix and watch the rich just run everything, essentially. Because the one major downside about European football especially is that it's basically an oligarchy where if you're rich, you're probably going to at least do decently. And if you're not rich, it's going to be really hard to ever fucking win anything of, of tangible, you know, gain. And that's just kind of the way it is. So it's, there, there's ups and downsides to it. Uh, Daniel says, uh, uh, you skipped Casa's question. Did I? Oh shit. Yes. I did. My apologies. Go for it. Uh, this only applies to me because I think of the three of us, I'm the only one who's played through Persona. Um, seeing Persona 3, it's actually Persona 4 that has Tomoe in it. Um, but uh, seeing Persona 4's take on Tomoe Gozen in Bruce Lee's jumpsuit with a motorcycle helmet and lightsaber glaive is what sold me on the series. What are your favorite Personas or Arcana? Um, I don't really have a favorite Arcana. Um but I think some of my favorite per- Mara. No, that's a lie. Um, don't look up Persona Mara if you haven't done so already because you're in for a rude surprise. Um, I actually don't mind Mara. Um, I, I want to say Jack Frost. That feels like picking Pikachu when someone asks who's your favorite Pokemon. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, got him. <laughs> Yo, that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, Mars. All right. Mars a is, treat. That is something I have never ever ever seen. Wow. Mhm. Oh, um <laughs> but yeah, like I I like Jack Frost. Uh Jack Frost is sort of like the Atlas mascot, so um that feels again sort of like picking Pikachu and someone asks who's your favorite Pokémon, but um he's delightful. Um I also really like Huapo and uh, Oberon. Um, I like those 
fairy looking fuckers like and not because i find them particularly useful i just like their designs um sarasvati is also really cool um yeah there's a lot um and most of these are sort of like demons from the mainline Shin Megami Tensei games that have been brought forward as personas. But um, yeah, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of cool ones. There's a lot of weird ones, but there's a lot of cool ones. So I didn't know that uh, that uh, I thought they were just like like random. I've only I played Persona Four and I played Persona Five, and I, I the only one I really spent like any legit amount of time is in is Persona Five. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I never thought to even it, it never crossed my mind to to um, pay attention to the actual personas, like like they might have like uh, personalities and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I guarantee you, I would never have forgotten that. If I had seen it, Mara doesn't show up until <laughs> super late game in Persona Five, so that <laughs> checks out. It's always it's always fun to be be in the room for someone's first exposure to Mara. <laughs> that shit is wild. <laughs> I'd I'd like. We are not describing Mara on the show. If you wanna, if you want to discover Mara for yourself. You have to discover Mara you know for what? yourself, and then you can better, complain at me in the Discord. Better, better to come late than not at all. Is what I would say. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, let's yeah. see here. So, uh, yeah, you can put your Mara in it. There you go. There's your title. <laughs> <laughs> da- Daniel says, "How long before you sell your old generation consoles?" I already did sell mine. So, Carrie um, will never sell her. <laughs> no, I'm a I'm a filthy hoarder. Um, yeah, I have uh, I have no intent on selling my old gen consoles. So I'm uh, I'm lazy. Well, I use the <laughs> I use the old Xbox uh, as a as a Doorstop. media device uh, for the for the downstairs. If I have a movie that uh, that uh, that Jay sends me uh, that I need to watch, and I don't want to watch it on a computer, I, I use that down there. And um, the PlayStation is right here behind Superman, just because I'm too lazy to unhook it. So, <laughs> uh, Black RKO asks, "Does Randy Orton have enough charisma to do RK Bro?" Uh, yes, the, there's the, you know wrestling is littered with successful tag teams where uh, there's one straight man and then one incredibly goofy person. I mean, this that, that was the same. They ran the same playbook when Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle were a tag team in NXT. So. Yeah. Um and it still won't make me like it because I hate I hate the that persona. <laughs> I don't I just, just hey bro, bro, hey bro, like as much as everyone loved RVD, I secretly hated him. I hated RVD because I don't like that persona. Uh Johnny asked Mass Effect question, would you want to control and actually play as your squad mates like Rex and Liara instead of just using them as quick assists or that kill the point in Mass Effect by just being Commander Shepard? Um I think Mass Effect is uh bigger than Shepard. Um, I, I would I agree. would I would like to play them just because of um you might lose them, right? Like it, it, especially in two when it's like, well, if you didn't do this. Uh, there's the see, but that's, that goes back to my whole thing with two about like, 
if you do their loyalty missions, you shouldn't automatically, they shouldn't automatically survive, mm-hmm. right? Like it should be a higher percentage that they survive the suicide mission. It would, it would encourage replayability. And, um, and yeah, I would, I would like to play as those characters, but those characters would have to, but then you would have to kind of limit yourself. Um, like I, I feel like Shepard would have to be, wouldn't be, your shepherd shepherd would have to be like a static uh character with certain abilities right, and that's and that's that's the and problem that with is that since the story revolves around shepherd in many ways um yeah. it doesn't really work not controlling him um it would be cool to see a mass effect game that maybe doesn't have a central main character that where you could freely swap your party out though that would be that'd yeah. be interesting uh ev gamer asks what promotion will kenny omega appear in next to steal their title from their top wrestler uh, probably Ring of Honor, right? Like, like, uh, like I just see like this yeah. alliance of of wrestling companies trying to unite to get a fifth of the WWE's like buy rate. I don't know, <laughs> like, <laughs> or, or, make, or make a fifth of their revenue in the course of a year. Uh, that would be a hilarious gimmick if if Kenny Omega just became like a heavyweight boxing champion. Essentially, just had like five <laughs> different titles that he rolled around with, and then unified them all. Um, be funny as shit. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Ant says, what age and how did you get introduced into pro wrestling? Um, I was 13 uh, because my neighbor across the street got into it and uh, came along for the ride. So uh, I was I was younger. Uh, I, I don't I was in like single digits. Uh, it's because my grandmother was into wrestling and um, she uh, she she loved it. And she would I remember at one point she put me in the camel clutch. Uh, she, she was, she, she, she really loved it. And, um, and, uh, she liked the iron sheet. <laughs> she thought he was funny. <laughs> so yeah, my grandma got me into it. And, uh, at a, at a, at a very young age, I think I was I eight to- or nine. Um, a kid who I was who like, I rode the bus to school with, um, would play Pokemon with. Um, he had an N64 and he had like one of those N64 wrestling games. And I was basically like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's uh, that's that. And then we'll end it with Leonardo, who says there's no way that the 95 Mortal Kombat movie is better than the new one. Right. The people crying out that the character arcs in the 95 Mortal Kombat are ridiculous. Right. Have you seen um, the Mortal Kombat yet, Micah? Oh yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. It's uh, it's fine. It's it's fine. It's not. It's not. A, it's it's well. It's 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 fine. It's got stupid dialogue. Um, you see the people, you know, do the moves. If that's all you care for, to to see uh, to see Kung Lao do one of his classic Kung Lao fatalities, like if 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 your barrier for entry is just is just on the ground. Like, I just want to see Kung Lao do his, his teleport and, and what's his name? Throw a fireball. You're probably going to love this movie. If you're into like, you know, storytelling and, um, the things that make movies unique, um, you're not going to get it. Like the, the stories in the games, uh, are better and they're longer so they can like do more. But they're but they're written better too. You know what I mean? Like at one point, one character says, 
flawless victory like uh, all right yo all right <laughs> just just shut up to be, to be fair they did that in the 95 world combat as well exactly <laughs> like and it's not and and that was not good like i like that 95 movie and this movie is fine but it, it's it, there is this the, movie um like the modern equivalent of what the street fighter movie was back in 1994 um no the street fighter movie knew what it was and it's having fun um oh this is trying to be serious yeah this is trying to be serious like there's a (laughs) there's a there's a character who's comedic relief he's kano right kano's really funny in the in the movie but they are taking they are playing it straight man they are taking it incredibly seriously the uh the blood feud between scorpion and and the first sub zero is real like they they are playing it straight man but it's weird because the tone is kind of you know mortal kombat has always been like kind of winking and nodding you know what i mean like it knows what it is whereas this movie thinks it knows what mortal kombat is and it's just playing it a little too straight like i need you to have a little bit more fun interesting um Plus, you know, certain things just don't make sense, right? Uh, I don't <laughs> until I, I don't they start introducing fucking time warping and everything and everything like that to the story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's it's um it's fine, it's fine. But um, I wouldn't say that the old movie is better than this movie. Um, but in terms of and. It's not. That's not a high bar to clear. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I would agree. And I, I mean, get the ni- the ninety five movie is the ninety five movie bad, is but it's, just it's atrocious. <laughs> and then the first and the first one is an abomination. I mean, the second the one second is, an, one is abomination. an abomination. Yes, the, fir- the first one's at least watchable, <laughs> and you can have fun. But yeah, the yeah. The first one is the Street Fighter nineteen ninety four movie of the Mortal Kombat franchise. There you go. <laughs> so that that's it for a super size dense pixels. Uh, make sure you super go to dense slash fans to join our Discord. Subscribe on wherever you get your podcast. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash dense pixels. And then follow us on Twitch. I'm dense pixels Brad. Terrence is at Brishon 410. And Carrie is up. It's Carrie. Quick aside before we leave, uh, the Baltimore Gamer Symphony Orchestra Spring Show is on May 22nd at 8 p.m. You can learn more at facebook.com slash Baltimore GSO. Awesome. All right. Thank you guys very much for listening, watching. We'll see you all the next time. Thanks. See ya.